Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Tell us what, tell me what, I'm so sorry. What did we do? What's happened? There's kobolds coming. We we figured out that there was a, that the spirit naga would come back, but this was probably not its lair. And uh, I think we were just kind of screwing around. Well. Hey, kid, stop screwing around. Previously on Dice Sharing Show. If, if only I had a recap that I read at the beginning of every uh, yeah. single episode. <laughs> what? <There's> that. <laughs> Recaps, please. We don't. We just make shit up and hope we remembered it correctly. Well, listen, you say that as though they're two different things, but they're the same thing. <laughs> Distinguished adventurers, last time on Dungeon Drunks, our heroes have spent some time in the ruins of Carlton's ancestral home of South Crypt. They've helped destroy some dangerous creatures nearby and have prepared the area for the arrival of kobolds who will soon call this place home. In fact, the kobolds are scheduled to arrive this very day, if the weather remains clear, and it'll be up to the Heralds of Greenest to decide where to go next. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren, also known as Obo Crazy. I am once again not drinking anything that is alcoholic. I'm drinking tea because literally minutes before the show, I got the call that I was able to get a haircut in and I'm going to TwitchCon next week and my hair is a disaster. Oh God, my hair is a disaster. So oh, I, no. I need to be able to get into a car after this. So, but that's okay because I I have tea. I have my blackberry sage tea in my water bottle thing because it makes me happy, and that's what I'm drinking. Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun, Travancore's choice this evening is Sol Rojo, red sangria. It's a made as a grape wine with natural flavor, which is pretty exciting. A nice change of pace from most wines. That are not made from grapes. So thanks, Solrojo. It's uh, it's right here. I'm gonna take a little sip of it. It's sweet, but it has an aftertaste and a bit of a heaviness that reminds me strangely of Manischewitz, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. No, Manischewitz is a very drinkable wine. People poo-poo it when they don't understand what us Jews are doing. But you know what? If you want a really tasty wine, Manischewitz is the way to go. Yeah, and your your brothers and sisters from Eastern Christendom. Exactly. <laughs> Bernie, what are you drinking? God's ale, as we once called. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Though, uh, offline, I have a surprise for Travancore. Oh. One of the wines we chose for the wedding will be rosé. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yay. Yes, I chose it with me, but also then I thought, oh, Jack would really enjoy this. <laughs> Listen, you were right. As much as my my best friends are total wine snobs and do not appreciate or care for, and actively hate rosé, I have a sweet tooth, and back in my day, I would totally drink the fuck out of a rosé. My mom went, rosé's having, like, a moment. And I thought, I didn't know you knew that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just double check. Can I leave that all in the episode? Because you said this is for offline, but uh, can I just... Yeah, I mean, I, do, I don't... I, I think people out there in Dungeons and Dragons listening land, I'm getting married. My wedding is soon. We got to choose wine recently. We are very excited. And mine is a few months after yours. I hope you, yeah, we're, we're, we're all, all going to be, be married. Married. Yeah. We are all going to be married. 
<laughs> yeah, that's what happens. That's what happens when you have a group of friends for long enough as we all get old together. We all found the person we want to spend the rest of our lives with. And that's happy. I hope everybody finds a person or persons, whatever, whatever is what you need in your life. And you get to the point where you two are choosing wine based on... Uh, what you like and what your friends like. I came very close to choosing both a rosé and a vino verde as my two white wines, realizing I would have picked pink and green wine for my wedding. Katie has a sweater that says rosé all day, so she appreciate that. <laughs> Whereas I, on the other hand, I'm like, would that have been a bad thing? No, I just I just thought, like, accessible. I think rosé is really accessible, but I also thought, like, vino verde, while one of my absolute favorite wines... The other only tip I'll give you for your wedding is both do things that make you happy, but also remember, like, the people you love are coming here to support you. So, like, don't pour a wine down their throats that you don't think they're going to like. Oh, it's going to be an open bar for us. (laughs) I'm going to have plenty of wine poured down my throat. I mean, I'm not going to force you to drink anything you don't like. Now, Jules, what's your selection of water like going to be at your your wedding? (laughs) What kind of artisanal waters are you going to have? Well, speaking of having plenty to drink, Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, it's Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Magic Muscular. I'm already a little sauced. I have here <laughs> a um, a Cooper Libre. It is uh, it is cola and rum, and it's a little stout. And I've already drank a bunch of it. And there's another drink. It's uh, it's pretty dang good. And uh, I've also got a shot of Fireball here, which is to be consumed at the first casting of Fireball, or the equivalent spell thereof. And tonight, it's dedicated to some friends of ours, Hunted Shadows LLC. Uh, they are They are supporters from a l- way, way back. They're actually local to me. And being that I'm a terrible friend, I have not seen them since RTX. No, they didn't go to RTX. I haven't seen them in a, in a bit, so we need to make a dim sum date here soon. They are my uh, accountant slash CPA for for me and my husband, so I see them quarterly. (laughs) Oh, well. So, dim sum. There are literally two dim sum places in my town competing with each other that are, like, there's one store separating them. Same block and everything. It is Delco drama. Peak Delco drama. Oh, that's wow. Like, at least the two dim sum places that I go to have the decency to be just down the street from each other. They're so they're not, the they're on thing. the same street, like, you could walk in between them, but they're not, like, even a couple of blocks, it's like three or four blocks in between Which one's them. Well, that's because it's, it's okay, that's civilized country. Well, this is Delco, this is like the home of Gritty, so there are no rules here. It's like Outback <laughs> wow. Steakhouse, it's Outback Steakhouse, guys. There's gritty, no rules. Gritty knows no fancy. Just Gritty. Gritty <laughs> knows no fancy. If I'm correct, Gritty Day is tomorrow. Oh, happy Gritty Day, everybody. Happy to give sure. you guys a peel behind the curtain. I just saw on Twitter, Gritty Days tomorrow. Oh, gosh. Okay. It's going to be crazy here. I can imagine. <laughs> gritty is somewhat beloved. And Lock feared. your doors. I feel like hide, hide inside. <laughs> it's I've purge. seen a Sailor Moon wizard character you can play. I'd like to see a D&D version of Gritty. I'm sure there is. <laughs> I, will, I will look that up on D&D Beyond. Meanwhile, Carlton, what are you drinking? Tonight, I have hit pomegranate water. So Ooh. it's uh, very lovely. It's a... Uh, Live tasting, but I live tasted it while everybody else was drinking their drinks because I was thirsty. Uh, mm. It's very tasty. One might call that Persephone's ale. Sure, we'll call it that. Ah, I thought that was a good reference. I it is too. a good reference, but here's where it's going. Going right. You know how long it's been since I've read mythology? Co- uh, high school. That's all right. You, I, you got it. You, you came. If you knew it was mythology, then you. I think you know what it is. Right. I know Persephone and I know it's Greek. But she ate I've... the pomegranate and so she had to stay in the underworld. But the pomegranate is a metaphor for having lots of sex. So it is 
the morning of Eldrek 18. It is the second month of the year. It is the 18th day. It is early in the morning as the sun has risen on this cold, cold winter day that you all expect at some point during the day, Arasic, your friend, and a veritable tiny army of kobolds to arrive to populate this area that you've worked so hard to clear out for them. As far as I know, you don't know exactly when they're arriving, so you pretty much have the day. And then once they get here, unless some weird thing happens, your mission here is done and you are free to go about your business. What would you like to do? Jonathan the Magimuscular, uh, when there's a, you know, we've all gotten up. Jonathan the Magimuscular has, you know, done his push-ups, written, written down some spell notes and everything. He goes up to everyone else and uh, kind of says, you know, guys, Jonathan the Magimuscular is ready to join your club. And he points to everyone. All of you have named weapons. Yeah, yes. This, oh, yeah. this is Kevin. Uh, King of Prussia Mall. Kevin. Exactly. Mortimer, King of Prussia. Mortimer, Mortimer King of Prussia. King yes. Of Prussia. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I say I, that I in know, character. Like, I don't know. Uh, it's Mortimer, King of Prussia. Thank you very much. I got your back, Travis. Previously known as Mortimer, King in Prussia. That's a whole other story. <laughs> and Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to take out his dagger, his uh, dagger of banishment. And it's like, I've been thinking about it. And this is a nice enough weapon to where I think this needs a name. And I think. How about Leonard? <laughs> You know what? Jonathan the Magimuscular hadn't thought of that, but he is going to work that in. This is going to be called Leonard's Exile. Oh, Leonard's I'm Exile. So sorry, everyone. No, you're not. Okay, no, well, you're not. Might be. <laughs> Bernie is not. <laughs> How long until all of our named weapons go on a side quest? Leonard and Mortimer and Kevin. And Storm. And Storm. There you go. When, he, when you name him uh, Leonard's Exile, I pull out Storm's Fury and I put it like... I dip it into, like, the center of the circle, waiting for the other weapons to come touch tips. Okay. Uh, Leonard's exile uh, gets drawn and gets put into the uh, into the center. Mortimer will will join the, the party. ba 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 That's not the right noise, but that's okay. Kevin doesn't really like people. Well, clearly, he's designed to hurt them. The brooding loner, yeah. Um, Bernie's gonna pull Kevin out, but she's gonna put the handle in out and be like... <laughs> She's gonna say, this right. feels a little. This is weird, a little weird, yeah. Three, weird. two, one. Heralds. Heralds. <laughs> hey, Bucks. Why don't you go ahead and uh, and circle the direction where everyone is coming, and when you when you spot them, go ahead and and hurry back and let us know. Bucks gives you a nice little nod and flies off in the direction that seems to make the most sense for where the kobolds are coming from. You do remember that they were thinking about sticking to the woods and not the path to stay out of the way of stuff since they are a small army of kobolds. But uh, he's got a, a nice enough field of view. It's not that nasty of a day outside that you think he can he can keep an eye out. I had a question for Carlton. Oh, yes. How, and this is more of like a remind me because it's been some episodes. How much, and this maybe Lauren can help with this, how much was everyone else aware about the nature of Blue being here but not here? It was pretty obvious right from the get-go because uh, when Carlton ran up to go play with him, he ran through him. So you you all knew right away that Blue was here in a spiritual-ish capacity, not fully physical. 
Did we have a... I guess maybe Bernie would roll a religion check to see how much she was able to, like, observe and kind of, I guess, realize the capacity in which Blue could be here. Because I don't think Carlton's told us. Oh, you you think Blue is still well, around? Well, no, like, I think for Bernie it's like, like, Carlton hasn't given us all the details, and usually he's pretty forthcoming with those. As in, okay. like, how much of his soul now belongs to Ekthiar in details. But I don't want to metagame this. I don't know if he, if he hasn't, like, if it's not obvious, I don't even think she should roll a religion check. I think she'd be interested in, like, how did Blue get here? But I don't think, like, if he's not. Oh, no, you can, you can, Carlton will tell you if you just ask him straight. Okay. Yeah, have a, have a little bit of a conversation first before, before you roll. I think, I think that'll help. So, um, Carlton. Uh-huh. How this is something I've been wondering that we couldn't really address when there was, like, a naga and the undead. How did Blue get here? I don't know how he got here. He said he was delivering a message from Ekthiarn, and I was kind of like, you know, you, you reach out to your god, Queen Bey, and I le- reach out to Maliki, but sometimes she doesn't respond. Yeah. And Bay doesn't really respond to me directly. Usually, Bay responds through you two directly, usually with a bap at the back of the head. Yes, that is often her preferred method of communicating specifically with you. Oh, yeah, I've noticed. Uh, so then I tried, what if I try, like, I haven't tried Rachel yet. But I was like, no. what if I try Ekthiar? And he's basically like a god. And I was asking about, like, how to, you know, like, I get angry sometimes. And Loros Tuft helped me. To kind of channel that into a more, a less rough and tumble way. But I was thinking like, if like a god could help me kind of expand my skill set. And then Blue said he probably could. But I was like, alright, I want to think on it. See if it is really something that I want to go forward with and get some training through Ekthiarn. What kind of training? You want to be a cleric to Whatever Ekthiarn can offer. I mean, he's a god. Do you want to be a paladin? Oh, uh, I haven't really thought this through. I didn't think it would actually, like, I asked Maliki if she can help me, you know, I pray to her and I don't get some. So I didn't really think I would get an answer. It was kind of like just throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks and something stuck and I wasn't ready for it to stick. And so I got some stuff to think about. What's? What's spaghetti? I don't know. I, well, I think we have spaghetti. We have hot dogs. Have burritos. Unless Lauren's got a horrible secret to tell us about fair. <laughs> Is there a stream nearby? Uh, yeah. Not too okay. far away. You hear an explosion, and you hear Jonathan the Magimuscular going, Ah! Oh god! It wasn't a failure! It was a failure! Ah! And you hear a splash <laughs> of the stream. <laughs> oh, no. Um, hey, healer with a lowercase h, you want to try out that one? On my way. <laughs> okay. Um, I... What did I'm fucking bullshit? It's like Travis Horse a resident and Bernie's his his attending. It's perfect. Yeah. What did what did Actiar ask of you? What are you paying for this? He hasn't asked anything of me specifically because we haven't made any deals. But if you're assuming that he wants my soul, and I like I reach into the uh, the bag of holding, I pull a little pair of spectacles. I'm like. Now, as you know, I'm not the dumbest barbarian in the world. 
No. Most you... people that trade for powers usually offer their soul in exchange, but Ekthiarn being, as we've seen, pretty good aligned, I'm assuming he wants me to do something in return for the betterment of the people of Faerun and or the Feywild, which is kind of up my alley. But if he's like, hey, I want that little itty bitty tiny soul inside of you, Carlton, I'd be like, nah. But we haven't gotten in terms of the deal yet. Carlton, I think I need to tell you something. What's that? I didn't make any deals. I mean, I a lot of the choice, well, that was more, there was some human aspect in that. But there's no deal, Carlton. I'm sure that Bay could take everything away if she wanted to. But there's no deal to hammer out. She didn't... I, I, every, everybody believes differently, and so I'm not gonna... I'm not sure what Ekthiarn wants from you, but... Neither do I. My soul's still mine. Right. I, that's what I said. If he wants my soul, like, no, it's mine. You can't have it. But there's no deal. There wasn't a... It, there's not a, a point in which you hammer out the details. There's no bargain. This isn't a bargain. Right. With with Queen Bay, it's you go and you preach the tenets of Bay, correct? And try to make the world a better place. Uh, okay, on, on the occasion that I feel like it, yes. But that's because I buy... I, I Whatever it appears to the contrary i fully and wholly buy into everything she has to say about this world i would do it whether or not i could bring you back from the dead right no that's true and that's what i'm and so with ectiarn it's not i want your soul now you get this it's hey i'll be able to assist you with these things if you go and spread heroics throughout the realm or bring back Seekins, uh, like, make him unsenile, basically. Make him, bring back his sanity. Oh, yes, honey, that's, that's never gonna happen. Right. So, like, I don't know the terms of these deals. We haven't really had a chance to hammer it out because we were kind of in the middle of doing something. So, you know, when we get some downtime, I'm gonna talk to him and see what's up. I mean, you're more than welcome to join me in the Feywild. Uh, I... <laughs> we'll see about or that Or I can just talk to Blue... When Blue wants to show up as the messenger of Ekniarn, I was just really wanting to see Blue. Carlton. Bernie. Whatever you think you're going to hammer out, if you want to become a warlock, there really is only one way. <laughs> Not necessarily. There may be only one way that you know of, but have you ever made a deal with, you know, an otherworldly being other than a god? No. But I've never needed <laughs> right. to. They'll literally, like, I know how to read. If he, if I have to sign a contract in blood that says, in the spine print, your soul. Actually, I don't think Ekthiarn's going to do that, though. He's a unicorn. He's also not quite like us. So his concept of time, his concept of cost, concepts of value. We'll tell you what. Those are very different. When blue comes to present it. And Ekthiarn, you can be my lawyer there with me, making sure I don't make anything dumb decisions. Because you seem more worried about my eternal soul, even though I'm going to keep it. But that way you can make sure I keep it. At the end of the day, the choice is yours. I just think you need to make an informed choice. Right. I just think you need to know what you're giving up. Right. No, that's the, the hammering out the details part. The, I just didn't think he was going to answer. I got caught surprised. What if my leaky would have answered? What would you have asked her for? You know, that's a good question. I would probably 
see if one she wanted me in her wheelhouse which i hope she does because you know she's one of the two goddesses that i worship and then see my biggest fear bernie is that you die i don't care about myself i care about the three of you and the three of you die then that's bad and i don't like that like if i die whatever it happens i go to the front lines i know what i'm doing i i signed up for this if jonathan the magic muscular travancore dies hey look bernie can bring him back to life if you die i lose you forever and i don't want to handle that so if there's a way that either i could help keep you alive other than just stabbing things or something then maybe but it's more about how can i better protect my pack are there skills that i don't have that could help keep you alive and that's what i would ask of my leaky and or ekthiarn and see if the what they offer is something that would benefit us as a pack oh carlton i'm not gonna die it's okay pat 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 (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah but um i know you think you know ekthiarn but just you know before you start negotiating do a little homework Find out. We know that he's Seekin's grandfather. I'm gonna go see if uh, if our if our little healer is um un unburnt Jonathan. Uh, but uh, Carlton, I have some really shit family, and she's gonna walk away. <laughs> as you walk away, I'm gonna we're gonna pause there just as you turn to walk away. We're gonna skip on over to Travancore and Jonathan, who. In the the space of time that this conversation has happened, Travancore, you've made it to whatever has happened. Jonathan, you want to describe what's going on with your life right now? At this point, we're already walking back. And I'm like, and Jonathan the Magimuscular goes, so as it turns out, Jonathan the Magimuscular has discovered that air, and he flails about, is combustible. Wow. Not bad. Who'd have thought? Air... And, he, and Jonathan the Magic Muscular, like, flails again, like, you know, muscularly flails and, and, and flexes, can blow up. Well, well, hang on there. That, that All the more reason to be cautious around the air, my friend. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have to be a little more careful with how I use fire. Jonathan the Magic Muscular, I have to consider this. Oh, hey, what's going on around here? <laughs> what does he look like, Lauren? Give us a description. I, I think Jonathan needs to give us a description. His... his Robe is magic, so uh, so all of that is fine. And he's in the process of prestidigitating him, uh, like a bunch of like you know, like scorch marks. Uh, superficial, very superficial. He didn't actually hurt himself. He's just he just looks like he blew something up. So he's just prestidigitating himself. And he has no uh, his eyebrows are intact. What does Bucks look like? Oh uh, no, Bucks, Bucks is, is flying. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, Bucks is not scabby. Bucks is not a, a, a pile of singed feathers. <laughs> Bucks is, yeah, he's fortunately way off in the distance. Okay, so Bernie, as you're walking out of this conversation, you see Travancore and Jonathan coming from the creek, seemingly okay, chatting amicably. And then you feel the stone in your pocket vibrate. And in your head, you hear the voice of. Th- Thundervrack. What did I say last time, guys? I can remind you if you'd like. Yes, please. Yes, Something please. about socially inept friends. Yes, you said, what's your calendar for next week? Helping a socially awkward friend with a job. It's 
Correct. And so right now in your head, what you hear this fine morning is the the voice of your blue dragon acquaintance who says, I've been very patient, even after your last frivolous bit of contact. Why don't you tell me where you are and I'll come meet you? And only Bernie hears that, right? Only Bernie hears that because she is currently in possession of the Sending Stone. And she has to actually use the Sending Stone to speak back. Like, she could speak to us freely without him hearing, right? But she only, she has a countdown. Like, she only yeah. has a certain amount of time How to respond. How long is it? A minute, I think. I believe it is a minute, yeah. I just want to go over some things that Bernie knows for sure. They're supposed to arrive today. Yes. We're going back today. I don't know if you've decided where you're going We haven't decided this. that. We haven't decided what we're doing after. Let's let him, let him meet in Waterdeep, because he can't go there. Why can't he go there? Doesn't doesn't water? Uh, actually, I forgot. In your instance, does the Dragon Ward exist in Waterdeep or not? You don't know anything about that. I thought that was part of like Bernie the history. Does, definitely doesn't know anything about that. All we know is that the one wizard, la- the Black Staff, said that she wasn't worried about dragons. She wasn't worried about dragons, although she very specifically said it was because if a single dragon came, they would be able to focus fire on it, and they would be able to to deal with a single enemy, no matter how powerful well, it there, was. If, the pro- if we go to Waterdeep. Yeah, the problem with the... Because it was in relation to the army of kobolds and other things. So, yes. yeah. So, you you don't know anything about any kind of ward. You do remember there was a cave dragon living under, under Waterdeep, if that helps. Yeah. Anyway, Bernie, did you have any other out-of-character questions before the, the countdown I just begins? I feel like, Bernie, is she even near anybody to talk about this? I think we're all kind of in a group. Yeah, now. we're all back, yeah. Yeah, you're maybe 10 feet away. Like, you've just turned away from Carlton. You've stopped and seen your friends, and they're like 20, 30 feet away. They're within shouting distance. So everybody is, is right there. Could I just wait and use the Sending Stone to answer him? That's like how those work, right? I mean, I have a response time from his sending, but I could just use it. I believe, you know what? Let me look up sending stones. I think only, I think the pair can be activated once. Yeah, because it's not, um, I do know. So he uses it. One of you uses it and then the other can respond, but it's not, um, hold on. Not like you each get a use. It's not like a Faerunian cell phone. I need to make sure that I don't grab the acquisitions incorporated sending stones. Because <laughs> it's, those are it's more like a, a quantum and. In- what was it called in Mass Effect? Quantum entanglement. Quantum entanglement. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, yeah. no, we had a third word. It was like a quantum entanglement, something. Yeah, I'll I'll just read it off since you've already cast identify on it, so you all know about this. Sending stones come in pairs, with each smooth stone carved to match the other, so the pairing is easily recognized. While you touch one stone, you can use an action to cast send the sending spell from it. The target is the bearer of the other stone. If no creature bears the other stone, you know this fact as soon as you use the stone and don't cast the spell. Once sending is cast through the stones, it can't be used again until the next dawn. If one of the stones in a pair is destroyed, the other becomes non-magical. So the way it works is they quantum entangle with each other and once they're used to cast sending from either direction so in this case thantravrak to you the other half ascending is that you can respond it's not that you don't get two sendings out of a pair of sending stones you get just the one okay so and then sending what it says is the creature hears the message in its mind recognizes you as the sender if it knows you and can answer in a like manner immediately so i am taking immediately to mean about a minute. Okay, so Bernie's going to very quickly say, uh, Thunderback wants to come hang out now. 
Oh, definitely not here. Yeah, we nope. don't want two dragons in the same area. Yeah, um, the kobolds just got free. They'll just start worshipping him. Yeah, Amethyst Acropolis tomorrow at three. Oh, can we get back that time, quickly? Can I take him to send us back with, like, a little teleport? Yeah, oh, right. Jonathan, we have a Jonathan the Magimuscular. Yo. So we'll, yeah. He can do Your things DM now. DM is good. We'll have tea. I'll bring snacks. Do we want to meet at the acro- uh, at the Amethyst Acropolis, or do we want to meet outside of Waterdeep? Um, let's propose the Amethyst Acropolis, and he can counter. Wait, maybe maybe we do outside, and you leave the instrument at the Acropolis. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You definitely shouldn't have it on you. Yeah, like, if we meet in the Acropolis, and it's at the Acropolis, or on you, that could be bad. That could be a bite, and we're done. Yeah. Out of curiosity, where is the instrument right now? Strapped to... <laughs> Still on your back? Strapped okay. to Bernie's back, I think. Yeah. Sure. I thought we were putting it in the pocket house during the, the couple days. Were we, did you not, Bernie? So I thought we were, you were putting it there to keep it away from Thontorvac until we did got we back to Waterdeep. Did we finish that idea? Did we flush that into reality? I don't know if we flushed it into reality, but we had talked about it, and we've gone to yeah. the pocket house. Yeah, but, I mean, he's a crafty dragon. He could... He could scorch us all and then figure out someone, to, a way to get it, send one of his agents in there to get it for him, probably. I know just where to hide the nut. Awkward pause. <laughs> you <laughs> you had briefly talked about it, but no one had actually ta- done anything. It was it was one of the things that was mentioned, but nobody has... Where is the pocket house right now in Lehman's tiny hut? Uh, it hasn't been activated recently, so... Who's got the nut? Does Bernie still have the nut? I think Bernie still has the nut. Um, yeah. Bernie's gonna, as she's replying to the sending, going to pull the nut out of her pocket, and she's going to pointedly hand it to Jonathan, and pull the instrument off her back, and hand it out to him, like, strap-wise, like, don't touch the instrument, just touch the strap. And she's gonna reply, outside Waterdeep tomorrow at 3pm? Don't want to cause a panic? We can bring tea and scones? <laughs> and you know that now the sending stones can't be used again so you're not necessarily expecting a reply right away are you looking for a D&D podcast that'll make you laugh how about one that'll make you cry sweat profusely with stress and anxiety because of a flippin' mule taking initiative is a Dungeons and Dragons 5e actual play podcast with an audio drama feel these episodes are scored character-driven, and filled with utter bullshit. Mostly because of Nick, let's be honest. Featuring special guests, Adventure Maidens, D&D is for Nerds, and more. Plus, we're in Wizards of the Coast podcast of series. Welcome, everyone. It's your pal, Ray Ray. That was an interesting time you had, Nick. I pat the horse on the rump. Thank you, great-grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> he just said his hopes and dreams. He didn't cast a spell. You gotta get down deep and lift from the knees. So that's the only big organ he has. <laughs> Damn. Taking initiative. Look us up on Twitter at TI underscore pod and on our website, takinginitiativepodcast.com. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official, free-to-play Dungeons & Dragons-based clicker game available on PC and Mac on Steam and Web, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, iPad, iPhone, and on all the Android devices. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for the podcast, and it is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from the Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, C-Team, Force Grey, and more. 
It's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. And speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folk who make idle champions, we're fortunate to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. Now, this code expires on October 13th, 2019 at 8 p.m. Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem it once this episode is posted. Open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. F-E-Y-S-V-I-T-E-C-L-A-T. So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. All right, Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to and activate the pocket house and say, so, uh, why don't you just put it in your room? Okay. <laughs> Bernie's going to shrug because she wants to lie convincingly. Got it. All right, well, Jonathan puts an instrument in a room in a pocket house. And where exactly have you created the the teleportation circle to your your pocket house right there she was relying on him to put it somewhere hidden but i guess not so it's kind of just in the middle of the space yeah and in, in the ruins okay i'll be right out <laughs> we can pick up the nut and make it like we can can we deactivate it or does it stay activated yeah we could deactivate yeah yeah it's just you can't use it again for 24 hours after you deactivate it that's not a big deal we won't necessarily even need to okay so while he's doing that anything that the rest of you would like to do How'd the healing go? He looked pretty good. Mm. Mm. There is one thing we have to talk about. So, do you guys get the feeling that Vang abandoned his uh, his black magic evil ways, like in terms of being able to access his his army of the damned, or do you think he held on to that? Oh hell no! Well, I thought we were we were taking control of his like rod and book, whatever he had. That was the deal. Was he was going to turn that all over to us? I think he was going to turn over the book. He was going to give the book to Travancore. But Jonathan the Magimuscular doesn't mean, doesn't remember anything about the rod. I thought we were getting the rod as well. Are you back already? Uh, yes. Uh, and I will... Okay, so you just dropped off the thing and came right back. Yeah. Yep. Okay, that's fine. I think uh, if he there's any indication that he is going to use the magic out there, we've given him an empire and we, we don't want that. Like, if we get any indication that he's going to be a threat down the line, we may have to drop him right then and there. Wow. Dropkick him. Got him. I think we could do it a little less confrontationally. For instance, he'll be surrounded by loyal followers, and we may want to do it in a way that gets him alone. Yeah, I think so, too. I don't want this to be a battle where we have to kill a bunch of people who don't deserve to die. Only the one who might. And he even responded to diplomacy the last time, eventually. So there's something in him that trusts us. I hope so. Maybe we need to trust him in turn. But we should be prepared for the possibility that he isn't trustworthy also. At this point, John- Jonathan the Muscular emerges. <laughs> All right, it is somewhere. And he uh, he activates the nut and closes the portal. <laughs> and at this moment, you also get a message from Bucks as he flies back into your range to let you know that the group of kobolds and their, their Aarakocra leader are... Maybe a half hour away. They're coming through the woods. They are not on the road. Oh, Bucks just checked in and uh, they are coming in through the woods uh, in about 30, 45 minutes or so. That's good news. What time of day is it actually? It's pretty early in the morning. I We could probably be back to Waterdeep by tonight. I think we, we absolutely could. You, you know, beyond the 
meeting with the dragon tomorrow, which Jonathan the Match Muscular feels fantastic about, uh, just in general, although I don't think we had a choice either way. Assuming that that meeting goes well, what do we want to do? We've got a couple of uh, unchecked boxes that we could go take care of. I wouldn't mind uh, destroying that amulet and freeing my family from 2,000 years of, of slavery. Right! Yes. Okay, that's the... Uh, Jonathan the Match Muscular, even though he has a massive intellect. To do number one, destroy the amulet. To do number two, uh, Wendergod's Tower. Oh, yes. To do number three, question mark, question mark, question mark. To do number four, profit. You realize that to do number two is just going to keep... Things are going to insert itself in its spot. It's going to be con- it's going to be to do number 2 until the next thing comes along and that could slot it right under whatever we're doing at to do number 1. Unless that's where Thundervax sends us. <sighs> mm. I think we should have a Jonathan the Magic Muscular feels like maybe we should have a talk about what we're going to what are we going to be willing to do for Thundervax. Given he is a chromatic dragon, so he's inherently evil. He is polite. Which is inherently evil. He, he's inherently uh, evil. No, hold on. Carlton's manners are never evil. Everybody's been really nice to me. Uh, no, his manners are not evil, but his intentions are. Yes, Speaking that. as a noble, you can, you can be as nice and mannered as possible and still be a savage on the inside. Exactly. It's not the good manners that are at fault. Right. But he's evil. But I didn't it? say he wasn't. I just said everybody has room for good manners, even little shit disturbers. I mean, so I guess, like, uh, I don't know. I mean, Jonathan the Magimuscular kind of feels that working for a blue dragon might might impede his career in the Amethyst Acropolis. That might be, that might not look good on a resume. No. Uh, Lauren, do we notice, like, small game nearby? Like critters? Little animals? Yeah, they're a distance, okay. but I would say, yeah, you probably notice like a bunny or two, definitely a, a few birds. Any Anything larger than that is keeping out of your sight at the moment without having to do active checks. Gotcha. I pulled Travancore aside as we're trying to figure this out, and I went, hey, I forgot to ask a question of the wolves. You think you might be able to ask some of the critters? Yeah, probably. So back when I was a wee young lad, we were told... Not to go, like, in the western mountain area, in the western forest, because of rumors of an ancient green dragon. Can we make sure that that was just rumors and not actually true? We could ask somebody. It's a question of finding an animal who's intelligent enough to, to know about that and maybe old enough. Well, they would know the animals would stay away. Sure, sure. But, you know, depending on what you ask, they might not know why. They might just tell you to stay away bad. Like... I think you need some sort of animal with a social hierarchy. Maybe maybe a wolf would be a good person to a being to ask. So we got to go find the wolves again? Not necessarily. I'm trying to think of other animals that operate that way, that have a society. Or... Any of the birds might be able to fly over and see? Or have known? It's a possibility. Maybe the ants? Just because they're ancient and they've been around longer than most animals. And I don't know how much one individual ant can tell us, but if we could talk to a queen. But that seems a little time-consuming. Might be better if I... I mean, who, uh, good luck trying to find a queen ant to talk to. It's fair. Like I said, it, I was real young when I heard those rumors, and I think they were just to scare the kids, but I just thought about it, and we might want to see if it exists in this world. I'd like to drill a nature check to see what kind of animal Travancore could ask that had the best chance of getting a good answer. 
I feel like ants uh, could, sure. would have a cool. very telephone-skewed memory. Because if it is true, we just gave her an army. Fifteen. Jonathan the player is like, we're just finding out about this now? But Jonathan the Muscular is still chatting with Bernie. I... I like in my head, ants would be good and bad, right? Because like generationally, there's a ton of generations, and generational memory starts to erode over time, and that's how you get myth in the first place. Also, they don't range. Yeah. What'd you roll, Travancore? Fifteen. So there's two different answers to this. The easy answer is any significant bit of game, any any decent sized animal creature outside of a bug. If there was an ancient green dragon that close, they'd know about it. In fact, mm. you'd probably know about it. In fact, everybody'd probably know about it. On the other hand, if you actually wanted to talk to an animal who might have had some kind of interaction with this creature, you probably want to look for something the dragon might eat, which would be like some deer or a wolf or, you know, boars or something large enough that it might be looking at them as prey. And so they would need to be worried because, yeah, if there was an ancient green dragon that close, like, first off, why would the crypt garden have been corrupted in the first place? And second, ooh, all the animals around here would know. So fun fact, the word for deer in Malayalam is man. So I guess I'm going to have to talk man to man. <laughs> nice. I like nice. that. I like that very much. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. No, I like that you one. You miss the ones <laughs> you do take. That's a that's a multilingual joke. Okay. Yeah, so I'm gonna find the the nearest deer, and uh, I'm gonna cast speak with animals once I see them. Uh, sure. I'll say after a little bit of wandering about in the woods, you leave Shadow behind with Carlton, and you're able to find some deer that are sensitive enough to your ability as a druid that they don't immediately bolt. You cast speak with animals, and what would you like to ask? You find you actually find a buck. And in the distance, a couple of other, like, younger males. Hi. My friend's from around here. When he was growing up, he heard stories about a green dragon in this area. Have you heard anything like that? What? What? Like, not right now, but, like... There's a green dragon in the area? <laughs> we what? don't know. We what? don't know. I'm trying to get information. Like, I want to know if you heard anything about a green dragon. If you, this is news to Becky, you... did you hear there's a green dragon in the area? What? There's a green dragon?! Both of the, the other deer startle and run. Whoa, whoa, and the whoa, buck wait, wait, looking wait. at you is just like, why are you just telling us about this? I don't know. Get the we don't know. Like, I'm not saying for sure there's one. I'm saying my friend heard that there's one in the area. That's all he I know. heard. We got to get out of here. But what? He heard? Why did he say that? He's totally gone. It's like, we got to get out of this area. His friend heard that there's a green dragon in the area. Go! And they're running through the woods. I'm gonna Okay. I'm just gonna ask like any animals in the area. <laughs> anyone who was not gonna run for, for fear and terror, anyone heard anything? Just gonna open up to all the animals, because clearly I've done a good job of not spooking the deer. <laughs> and try to course say that part out loud too. I'm gonna say so you look around and for a moment you don't really see anything nearby, especially what uh, how spooked the deer was. And then you look up and you see a blue jay. Looks like it's probably been in the process of traveling somewhere and has stopped to look at you and has watched this and, and it gives you a little cocked look and then it says, your friend, huh? Yep. Half work. And he heard what? He heard that there is a green dragon that resides in this area, in this region. Huh. Have you heard anything to that effect? 
I just did now. Ah, okay, but that's just, this is the first time you're hearing it, but I, I take it. Yeah. Okay. How else is your, how, how's your day going otherwise? Got any bread? Uh, I'm gonna check to see if I have any bread to give this blue jay. Do a bread roll. Give a bread, bread roll. All right, yeah, I'm gonna just take, yeah, the bread roll. You want me to break this up for you? You want the whole thing, or? Um, you pull, you'll have to pull off a bit. You've got something, it's a, yeah. a smaller blue jay. All right, uh, I'll yeah. break up a few pieces and just sort of chuck them in a direction you can fly. Grabs the bread, flies back up into the tree, starts eating. Uh, I need a stealth roll for Bucks if he's going to do this. <laughs> does, does Travancore know or the other way? Does he, oh, well, I don't know. If, probably not at that roll. We're going to find out in a moment. 21. <laughs> what is? What are you having Bucks do? You horrible person. See, this is John the player finding out what Forgotten Thromzor live in the Dungeon Drunks world. I know. Now Travancore. I know. Yeah. It's just funny because I'm like, he could have just asked. But instead, now we're spooking the deer. And now there's going to be rumors. <laughs> All over this area of an ancient green dragon because of, of Inception. this. Inception. You know, it seems very on brand for the her- heralds. Travancore, wh- what's your passive perception? Passive perception is a 16. Okay. Uh, the blue jay is sitting, eating this bread, and then Bucks needs to roll an attack roll to attack oh. this blue jay. Gosh. I can't stop him. Uh, I think that's a 12. I feel so bad. Oh, no, it's a um, it's a 14. Oh, uh, with a 14, that hits. And Travancore, mm-hmm. Bucks makes sure that this bird <laughs> does not tell anybody about this conversation as your friend's owl companion eviscerates this bird in midair and then uh, flies. What is actually, what does Bucks do as soon as he kills this blue jay? So he would grab him and fly off with him and then take him into a quiet area. This bird is just gone. There was a flash of white and then the blue jay is gone. Wow. This green dragon must have quite the intel network. Doesn't want word to spread about him. <laughs> oh, no. Huh. Okay. Probably not, but I'll go back to, to Tarleton and report back what I what I found. And basically, yeah, I want to just play it like Travancore is too dumb to realize that Bucks might might have killed this thing because I think he'd be really upset with Bucks if he did. You head back over to Carlton and let him know. Meanwhile, uh, Jonathan and Bernie, as you've been having this discussion, you hear the sound of talking coming through the woods, and you look over, and there's a ras and. Several of the kobolds that you are familiar with coming through the woods, just as uh, in a moment or two, Travancore and Carlton are going to come back from their little excursion, finding out about the, the green dragon. Uh, but it looks like the, the settlers have arrived. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dungeondrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Linnea Boyev, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.